sweating our way through a sizzling summer. It's a quintessential podcast. We welcome in Sam Apuzo of Athletes Unlimited. She's also a member of Team USA, currently an assistant coach at Boston College, and a former Eagle who won the Tawaratan Trophy. Sam, I was over at uh, USA Lacrosse headquarters on Sunday, and I got to watch some of the Athletes Unlimited, the first game. It was smoking hot, but let me tell you, <laughs> the play on the field was really, really cool for a lot of reasons. Uh, talent, the rules, and the format. I, I really uh, enjoyed myself. What, what your, this is year two now. What, what are your initial impressions of, of this opportunity? Yeah, I think it's so exciting. Um, we have a lot of really great rookies coming in that are playing phenomenal, and I think they're just elevating our entire league. Um, but it's really cool. It's cool to be back. It's cool to be playing again with everyone. You know, uh, watching the games uh, week one, you, you scored extremely well. And the format for fans who don't know is the teams, uh, they, they play three games a week, and then uh, they're, they're given points according to a scoring system. And then there's a, a redraft every Monday and you were one of the captains, how, how which you had to draft last night. Uh, how did you format your draft board? Uh, especially like, you know, like the team USA women, you know, a lot of the BC alums, you've played against many of them during tryouts or in this last year, like you've got all sorts of insider knowledge, uh, maybe too much for your own good. How did you put this team together? Um, yeah, it's really hard. It's fun to do it. Um, definitely a lot more thinking than I thought it does. Um, you have to, cause this is my first kind of experience drafting and never drafted last year. Um, but there's a lot that goes into it. I think this year, I think middies are going really fast in the draft. I think that was really big last night too. Um, everyone drafted middies early just cause it's so hot outside too. So everyone's exhausted. Everyone's running. So you want to have really good, um, middies that can run up and down the field every day uh every game but yeah there's a lot that goes into it there's a lot of kind of balance on the field um positions what people like preferences are on the field so you don't want to draft the same player twice because it doesn't really help you um so that's kind of what i've been using i've been using people uh what i've seen in the college game what how people played at us kind of who i like to play with um all that kind of gets put in when i'm drawing a draft why should fans uh, tune in and watch Thursday night at five o'clock ESPN two? Uh, I was there. I saw a lot of young players in the audience, whether they're middle school, high school, saw a lot of parents. Uh, and, and I highly recommend what watching. But from your viewpoint, why should young players and their families be watching this? I think it's, it's a really fun and new game. It's not like anything we've had before. It's not like sixes. It's not like U.S. It's very different. Um, but it's also very competitive because, I mean, you're really competing to win and kind of score and get your, yourself up. So I think that level of competitiveness is different from a college game where you're trying to get this team win and all this stuff. But now you're kind of fighting for your team and yourself, which is a little bit different from what we've seen in the past. And I think we have all of the best players out of college. I think we have some of the best talent to play the game is still, still here in this league. Um, which is so exciting because you can't see them play anywhere else. So to be able yeah. to see them now is great. There was a play where a defender scooped the ball up and sprinted down the middle of the field. And I was like, wow, that is crazy speed. It was in game one. Uh, Charlotte scored a goal that I have rarely seen in the women's game when she went right, right-handed down the alley and like scored from, mm -hmm. I don't know, 12 yards or something on the run. It's a goal that like, 
I don't think I've ever seen before. I saw a skill from Aurora accordingly around the net that was just next level. It's uh, it's got to be exciting and challenging. What, what what's it like on a weekly basis to to play amongst uh, players of that level? Yeah, it's. I think, like I said earlier, it's a lot of balance and kind of gelling with one another. You only have three, two days, two practices to really get your team together and kind of get in a rhythm, which is difficult to be able to do that and then play three intense physical games. Um, there's not much time in between to like get to know one another, get to understand each other's styles or how each other likes to cut or, or whatnot. So it's a lot of learning on the fly. Um, but I think that's the biggest heart. Like, I think the most challenging part is getting chemistry immediately because sometimes it comes and sometimes it doesn't. And you can kind of see what teams have that chemistry and what teams don't. Yeah, week two is this Thursday, five o'clock on ESPN2, followed by a game at 7.30 on the U. We'll play again on Saturday. You can watch on ESPN2 at four o'clock on Saturday. And then Sunday, there's two games on Plus. All these games are either on Plus the U or ESPN two, I think there's 12 linear games, uh, just an incredible opportunity for women's lacrosse. The product looks really good. I love that the uniforms, they're sharp, they're clean. I thought the, the DJ was rocking and yet got to see Mira Shane. She was dancing the whole game. The yeah. fans were into it. Everything was good. The, 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 I thought the women were so intense. They were so businesslike, uh, yeah. you know, that's a contrast to the, 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 era of players that I played with who were kind of knuckleheads. Uh, there, there's a, there's a maturity. What's it like behind the scenes? Um, I think once we get off the field, there's that joy and so much laughter and everyone's so close and, and such good friends. I think on the field, we all have, we're so competitive in nature. And I think we're so like, we want to win. We want to be, we're all coming from incredible college programs or the U S team where winning is like what we do. Um, but off, off the scenes, off, off the field, everyone's such good friends. We have so much fun. Um, and you would not know the difference. Like it, the difference is so, so, so vast, but um, there's no like animosity in the locker room or anything, which is nice. Yeah. You know, I always found that the, my greatest rivals also became my best friends after, after college, because they, there's such a commonality in, in chasing the same goal. Did you find that the, the BC and maybe Carolina and Northwestern uh, women have, have certain bonds maybe where you think you wouldn't get along, but you actually do. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think so. I think exactly what you said is that we're all just similar athletes and similar people of mindsets of like trying to win, trying to be the best, trying to get to that next level. Um, and I think we kind of all bond in that sense that we want to win. We want to be there. And like your, your teammate this week, maybe the person you're playing against next week or vice versa. So having those connections with people really helps you in this league because you may be playing with them the next week and be able to have a good connection on the field too. So for you, you're an assistant at BC. Boston this time of year, I got to tell you, it's one of the best cities in the country. I mean, the country, especially right now. Uh, yeah. It's got to be tough for you to, to vacate for four weeks and come down here into the heat. Yeah, it is tough. I, I absolutely love it up there. So not being able to be, be there in the summer um, definitely does stink, but it's fun to be able to play. So I can't complain. Well, I got, I, I love the North End as Joe Beninati, the announcer uh, <laughs> on ESPN loves the North End. And, and we make trips there every time we're in, in, uh, in Boston, but Sammy's restaurant up in Hunt Valley will be the closest you can come to the North yes. End. Sammy's Trattoria. It's up there in the Hunt Valley mall. 
It's got your name on it. You have to go and say hi to Sammy. I She's know, a I've huge lacrosse fan. I know. It's awesome. I like love Sammy. It's so good. Oh, you've eaten there already? Oh, good. Yeah, we BC, every time we come down to Baltimore, we try to have them cater our like pregame meal. They're so good. Take, uh, take me through your summer. Well, what's it been like? Have, were you on the recruiting trail? Were you, are you allowed to recruit at this stage? Like, what, what did you see and, and what stands out? Yeah, um, it's been a really, really busy summer. Um, recruiting in the beginning of the summer and then um, went right to U.S. for a few weeks and then pretty much had a few days off and then now I'm here. Um, but it's been exciting. It's a lot of lacrosse, which I love because, I mean, when am I ever going to have this opportunity again to do this? Um, but yeah, definitely busy, a lot of lacrosse, a lot of standing on some fields, um, really good talent in the recruiting class coming in. So it should be fun to kind of get past the September 1st and see how things go for BC, but yeah, it's been great. How does drafting a team for athletes unlimited compare with building a roster for a college program? Is it, is it similar? Is it very different? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's very similar. I think understanding different players and different strengths of players. I think when you're drafting a, a new recruiting class, you're obviously thinking about the older classes that you have. Um, but I think it's similar in the sense that you obviously, if you need a position, like you're going, you're searching for that person or, and that's the same thing in the draft. If I need a lefty, like my next pick has to be a lefty or goalie or, or whatnot. So I think being able to kind of prioritize what you need early. So you're getting those picks in and you're, you're, you're locking down certain players um, is really important. Take me through breaking ties in recruiting. Obviously there's a, there's a core of players, it's very small who are elite and who are being recruited by everybody. Then there's a larger segment who are division one players, all very good. And, and you've got some decisions to make. Do they fit at BC? Do they fit in our program? And, and then there's a, a, maybe a third tier of developmental players who maybe aren't what they should be right now, but, but there's a, there's a glimmer, there's a, either a body type, a skill set, uh, so, something that leads you to believe that they could be great one day and they may be part of your program. How, how do you, with, with that bigger group, that, that, that bigger group of D1, yeah, but you're not sure, like what, what breaks ties when, when, when you're evaluating and, and recruiting young women? I think our, our biggest thing for BC especially is when we're recruiting, we're recruiting the entire person, the entire player. It's not just how they're playing in the field. It's not just their stick work or one thing about their skill. I think it's them as a person, academically, their families. We want people that are going to mesh well with our BC culture because we talk about culture all the time. Um, so like you said, there maybe that player is not the top tier player in that class, but if they, we feel like they are in our culture and they kind of, they hold the same values as us, that helps recruiting so much. And I think that's what we fall back on always for considering two people or, or, um, a few players. It's something that we, we look at, um, as a, a player, as a, as a whole. My niece, Sophia is a rising sophomore at BC and Judging from her Instagram account, she has not been shortchanged at a good time. No, <laughs> yeah, it is a good time out there. <laughs> There's a lot to do. Uh, let's go back a couple of weeks. I was at the gold medal game, U.S.-Canada. Uh, you played a really good second half. Uh, there, there seems like the, the expectation of winning is strong for Team USA, and for good reason. Uh, they really stand out in the group. Canada really the only main competition. I mean, let's be honest but there's pressure in getting it done. It feels like, like there, there's, there's, 
there's there's a burden of winning a championship or, or else it's really not a success. Uh, but you guys turned it on and played a great second half. What 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 was most memorable about that experience for you? Um, I honestly think just playing with that group of girls, I think we have been training so long. This whole process has been five years um, with COVID. Um, and we've kind of done it all together. We've gone through a lot of challenges, a lot of canceled things, canceled training weekends, working out, not knowing when we were going to play with one another again. I think kind of like that end of moment, that last whistle was like kind of this relief of like, we did it. Like we, we finally got here um, and we did it together as this group, which was um, kind of surreal for us. I think it was just like this coming of time of where like all of our hard work finally paid off. And like, we are, we are holding a gold medal in our hands now. Yeah, it was, it's a, it was a talented group. I thought it was interesting to see uh, Kayla Trainer, Charlotte North you know, the, 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 uh, the, the diversity of ages and of career arcs and for people like Taylor Cummings, who have been doing this for a long time. And then, and then the new faces, uh, and, and the way the game has really come a long way in such a short period of time. Totally. What, uh, are you going to continue to try out? How many more years do you think you have in you? Uh, you got at least one more rotation <laughs> and maybe two, right? Um, I hope so. I, I, I definitely think if I can get to the next one, that's a goal of mine. Um, but who knows what's going to happen in the next few years. I, I'm going to continue to train, continue to um, play as much as I can. Um, yeah, take us behind the scenes in your training. Do you practice a lot with BC? Is there a club team you play on in Boston? Like, how do you stay in shape? How do you stay sharp? Yeah, I mean, I do a lot of um, workout lifting and all that stuff on my own um, with my trainer up in Boston. But I try to get into practice as much as I can. I try, I'm usually a scout player, which is good. I'm playing against our BC defense, which actually helped so much this past year just to play against such a great defense. It made me better. I helped the, the, our scout team too. So it's kind of a win-win. Um, so anytime I can jump into practice, whether it's just stick work or, or playing, um, I try to. So who, which, which players on opponents did you mimic this, over the course of the season? <laughs> Um, I was Jamie Ortega a few times. Um, definitely her. We played a lot of different um, teams in the ACC. So I was Katie DeSimone, um, kind of like a lot of the low attackers I would I would pretend to be. <laughs> nice. Uh, BC, uh, second, you know, uh, runner up this year in that amazing championship game. I, I, you know, I was up in uh, Connecticut, turned it on the TV. It was one of the most incredible it was the game of the year. If a championship weekend had three, three of the, the, the best games of lacrosse you'll ever see, the presentation was incredible. I mean, did you get a chance to go back? I know it's sometimes it's painful to go back and watch, but did you get a chance to go back and watch? And, and just, uh, I, I thought it was jaw dropping. The play on the field, the crowd, the whole thing was, was unbelievable. Yeah, I think that game, especially, I, I have had a chance to watch it. Definitely hurt a little bit rewatching it. Yeah. Um, but, just to kind of see the atmosphere, it's harder to kind of take it in. I think when you're out there on the field, because your one thought is to win. So to really kind of like look around and be like, see what's going on around you was hard to be in the moment. So being able to see it on film, um, it kind of just comes full circle of like how hard it was to get here and how hard these girls had worked to be on the field playing right now, um, which was a nice moment for me. But 
definitely hard to watch um, at the end, but it was a good, it was a great game. Well, Acacia has done uh, incredible work. You were really instrumental in building that foundation. How do you think the program back when you arrived in the middle, I was 14 or 15, I'm guessing, or 16 when you got there, how have you guys gone from, from good to now consistently great? I think Acacia and Jen have established such an incredible program. And I think it all relies back to the culture that they're, they're creating and kind of producing is they're pushing us to our limits, making sure that our athletes are playing the best they possibly can and developing as when they get there, it's not, they're not coming in super skilled always right there. We're always trying to teach. I think our biggest thing is that we're coaching 24 seven. Um, but I think culture and making sure that these girls are not just lacrosse players, that they're full, they're learning all of these skills outside of lacrosse. That's going to eventually help them in lacrosse, but also help them outside because a lot of people are graduating, right? They're moving on um, and they're coming back to BC or, or their our alumni base is so great. Uh, but I think Akisha has always had this mission to be the best. And I think people kind of thought she was crazy at first. Um, even when I was getting recruited, like BC wasn't exactly where it is now. And I think she has not let that kind of motivation and that goal die. I think she's constantly wanting to push, even after we won in 21, uh, 2021, that, that there was no like feeling of like, okay, we did it like relief. There's now, okay, now we have to do it again and again and again. Um, but I think that's just like her, her mindset is we have to keep getting better and we have to keep pushing the limit um, for everything. You, you, you had a career that, that was as bad as good as it gets. Uh, but, but I want to talk about roadblocks. Like what are the roadblocks that you faced or what are the roadblocks in college that the typical athlete faces that apparently at BC, like you guys are getting around that and, and you're busting through those to have success. Yeah, I think- Is it, is it social? That... Is, it, is it academic? Is it relationships? Like, is it the failure to practice enough or improve? Like, like yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think now, especially with like NIL and all that stuff, I think media is definitely becoming more of a robot. I remember even when I was there, um, it was because it was Dempsey, Kenzie and I, and there was this big concept of like the big three and all this stuff and kind of calling us this, like putting us in the media as that. And that was our senior year. And we were like, we never really asked for that. And like, it kind of, it definitely put a damper on our senior because there was so much pressure. There was so much expectations for us. And we just wanted to play. We just wanted to win. Um, but people were creating this story around us, which was great. And I think it, our team had earned that, which was awesome. But I think it put a lot more pressure than we wanted. Um, and I think Keisha actually did a really great job of making sure that no matter what, we were trying to limit as many distractions as possible, making sure that like I had like not looking at social media, not reading on anything what's going on, like just kind of focusing on practice that day and practicing and winning the practice each day and not even thinking about the game ahead. Like, I think that was, that was our kind of our theme this year. So I think now with NIL and all that stuff, like there's so much stuff going on that like our coaching staffs don't even know of, like what's going on with our players sometimes because everything is kind of just through players. Um, but I think that has a real big effect on players right now, recruiting, all that stuff. I think that's 
it seems really exciting, but I think it also could be a big roadblock and kind of obstacle that people have to navigate that they never had to in the past. Well, it seems like you, you, the staff, you and the team did a nice job uh, with Charlotte North's notoriety. I mean, she, she's uh, you know, once in a generation type player whose star was, is just, just so bright uh, that she could have been that distraction, but uh, apparently that was not an issue. And how did you guys navigate through uh, all the individual attention that came her way? It's funny because I think Charlotte is, she's so incredible, but she's the most humble person you've ever met. Um, if you have the chance to meet her, she's so humble. You would never know she is Charlotte North. Um, and I think her personality has allowed herself to kind of continue to succeed and continue to get better because she doesn't think about that stuff that doesn't um, worry her or, or get, in, to get in the way because that's just not something she's ever thinking about just because who she is and um, what what she cares about. She just cares about winning. She cares about lacrosse. And that's kind of really where that ends. And yes, all the other stuff is great, but it's not something that she's allowed to take over her life. That's yeah, that's not an easy dynamic. Uh not an easy. Well, when you won the Tuareton Trophy, when you, when you think back to 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 that right now, what uh, what 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 stands out ab about that award and and that moment? Um. Yeah, I think that was like a really. Um, looking back on it now, it was a really special moment. I think someone who I had looked up to, who played at West Balbon, played at my high school, had also won it. One of my biggest mentors. So does it kind of like follow in her footsteps and kind of be that kind of accomplish what I wanted to and literally like follow what she was doing was kind of a, like a just coming of time for me and kind of like a dream come true. But after that year, I think that was such a huge year for us as a team and kind of my team is why I won that award. So kind of just seeing them, seeing them, they were all in the crowd. They were there that night, which was so special for me to look out and see my teammates. And like, it was such an emotional day for, I think everyone, my family, my coaching staff. Um, but it, it was really such a great day and something that I'll always remember. Who, who, who was that West Babylon alum? Uh, Shan Smith. She had played at um, Northwestern. Um, did you, did you feel that you were always chasing her all along? Um, kind of. Yeah. I think she was the reason actually I went to BC. She, had been coached by Acacia at Northwestern. And she was like, you have to look at Boston College. She is, she's gonna bring you to the next level. Like she is an amazing coach. And I think you're like, she kind of pushed me to go there because BC wasn't on my radar. And I trusted her so much because I just looked up to everything she did and all of her decisions. And I, I wanted to be her. Um, so for her to push me to there and then like what she kind of promised me came true um was like it's something that I still haven't really processed yet so you could have gone to anywhere northwestern Maryland North Carolina I'm guessing Virginia and yet her recommendation of acacia was what 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 sealed the deal it seems like mm -hmm. yeah take me back to West Babylon I'm I'm uh I'm Strong Island I'm Limbrook but West Babylon's right. a long West Babylon's a long way, you know, from yeah. back then the world was pretty small. I, I didn't get past Baldwin or Freeport very often. Yeah, fair uh, enough. But, but I, I, I have the feeling that we come from similar towns. Mm -hmm. uh, I was definitely a beach guy, uh, 
you know, when I was on, on the island during, during the summer and it was uh, just a great place to grow up. I look back at it. But what, what, what was important that the fans should know about, about your upbringing in terms of, of lacrosse in Long Island? Yeah, I, I think Long Island, I agree. It was probably the best place to grow up. It was so fun, like very small town. I'm from, um, I went to public school. So all of my best friends played lacrosse. We all like, kind of did it together. I have five best friends. We all live on the same block in West Babylon. So we'd go to practice every day together. We'd come home, we'd go to school together. So I think it just, it was great that we had such a small tight community and these girls that I was still best friends with, one of them actually is playing in the league with me too. So it's kind of funny to see um, how far our friendship has gone and how far we are still supporting one another in lacrosse because I think Long, Long Island is such a lacrosse community and it's small but large um, for, for lacrosse. But um, yeah, I think it's no, wherever you look, there is a field with a net on it and someone's playing or someone's doing wall ball. So it's kind of growing up and be wanting to do lacrosse, wanting to go to college. Um, it wasn't hard to like keep motivated because I saw everyone around me playing and I saw everyone getting better. And I was like, I want to do this. I want to keep playing and kind of, and my friends did that as well. Um, but it was, yeah, it was great living on Long Island. Yeah. The game starts in the backyard. It starts in the driveway, like, you know, town-based rec programs that were cheap. And then, as mm -hmm. you said, you play with your friends. I mean, I played with my friends. You, you actually did play some club club didn't exist uh, when I played. And so the game was always like team, you know, it was so team oriented. I played with the same guys from third grade till I was a senior in high school, which mm -hmm. was just amazing. But how did you originally get your start? I'm sure you had your choices between what soccer, basketball, gymnastics, mm -hmm. softball, like why lacrosse? Yeah. So my uncle had played lacrosse in college. My brother had played. I was like not interested at all. I played soccer and basketball and that's kind of really what I wanted to do. I thought I was going to be a really good soccer player, but I wasn't. Um, but my brother had played, we'd play in the backyard and like kind of enjoyed it. And then Shannon Smith's dad actually had saw me play soccer on like the field right next to the lacrosse field. And all of my, all of my friends had already started playing and they were like, we have to get her to play too. Um, so with that, I was like, all right, my friends are doing it. I'll try it. Um, my dad had ran out and bought me a stick. I literally cried when he came home with a stick because I didn't want to play. I was like, I don't actually want to do it. Um, and then kind of like it took off. I was a, a year behind all of my friends who had played the year before. And I was like, they're so much better than me. I didn't want, I like, I didn't want to do it. Um, and then it kind of just like we, it, it was so fun because I was just playing with all of my best friends and we were all different grades, but we were able to play on the same team, which was different from soccer where you only can play with your grade. Um, so it was fun to be able to play with everyone and kind of enjoy that moment. And that theme continues now. Athletes Unlimited, you're playing amongst a lot of your friends, a lot mm -hmm. of people you, you've uh, have a lot of common experiences with, whether it's BC, Team USA, or in uh, summer number two. Athletes Unlimited, again, Thursday, ESPN2 at five, and then 7.30 on the U, they come back on Saturday, uh, one thirty and four on ESPN two. All the games are on either ESPN plus, ESPNU, or ESPN two. And if you watch Sam Apuzo's uh, up top in the leaderboard, one of the one of the top four captain this week, Joe Beninati. I spoke to him this morning. He says your team is stacked this week, so I'm expecting to see you up there. I'm sure there's some financial incentives, right? Yeah. There's uh, there, there's financial bonuses that go along with uh, scoring high. Yeah, there is. 
So that's hopefully big. I'm up there. <laughs> that's big because that'll buy dinner in the North End. And we know that Boston rent is not cheap right now. Yes. No, <laughs> I need it. <laughs> well, thank you, Sam. Good luck. Congratulations uh, on Team USA this summer and uh, and have fun with this Athletes Unlimited. I think it's uh, it's just an awesome opportunity and I hope people get, get an opportunity to watch. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.